So every few weeks we've committed to having a special episode come out and it's directly with the coaches we work with through the Coaches University or even our one-on-one programs and those coaches who really see success, who hit the $10,000 mark or beyond or just really see a big quantum leap in their business, we're going to be bringing them on this show to not only share their expertise and their experience and their superpowers, but really to get a very close look at what it takes to succeed. Now, a lot of the guests we have on these podcasts, like Grant Cardone's and, and Robert Greens, and really big names that sometimes it's like, great, you made $150 million last month or last year. Awesome. And yes, success leaves clues and we can pick things up, but sometimes or oftentimes, We feel a bit of a disconnect. And I thought bringing in coaches who are inside the Coaches University or that we work with who are seeing awesome success, massive results, bringing them on the show and really going ground level and getting a very, very fresh look, fresh perspective on what's helping them succeed, their mindset, their approach, what worked for them, what didn't, I know will serve brand new coaches or coaches who would like to hit that 10K or 20K or 30K per month. So this series is dedicated to the coaches we work with. Truly hope you enjoy. And without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Corner Podcast. We're doing something a little bit special, a little bit different uh, a little bit new, a little bit exciting, and who knows how this is going to go, but I'm really, really excited. And, and where this idea stemmed from is oftentimes on the show we have big-name guests, and I'm going to name-drop a little here, but we've got like Grant Cardones and Elena Cardones and these big public figures that excite. I think they entertain more than they teach at times, and I love them. I love it all. It boosts me. It motivates me, but sometimes it seems like it's almost like unreachable. Like It's like, okay, they make $180 million a day really cool. I'm just trying to make 5, 10, 15, 25K so I could buy a little bit of freedom and move my company to that next level. So we've decided to bring in coaches from the university who've seen success, who are doing amazing, massive things. And to me, I believe in modeling success. And there's a pattern that I see from the ones who are successful and make it and are moving forward from the ones who sometimes stay stuck for longer than they should. So today we got Enos Padar. Enos, how you doing? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me. I've been I've been stressing out all morning about the name because it's pronounced. I cannot get it right, but Enos, I got it right, so I'm excited. Uh, Enos is the imposter syndrome terminator, and that excites me because I feel like at the core level, and I know you said there's some misinformation, so I always took it as a self-worth thing, but you were like, you know what, there's a lot of misinformation. So I really want to spend 30 minutes chatting about the imposter syndrome and how it relates to income and how Enos helps her clients and yourself bust through the imposter syndrome so you can actually start creating income, whether that's $10,000 and I know you're on target for some pretty cool numbers um, and working your way up to like a life of freedom. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, what is or are some of those misconceptions that even I, I think, sometimes talk about, but maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, um, what's some of the common advice you hear that is wrong, and how are we going to fix that? Yeah, so that's a great question. 
there's a lot of misinformation about imposter syndrome that kind of overcomplicates the entire thing and how to solve it. So let's debunk some of the myths. Yeah, yeah. So as you said, uh, self-worth is actually a major, major player in imposter syndrome, but not only. So when people feel like a fraud or they feel like they need to be visible, but what if everybody is going to judge them? Or they, they know that they have it in them to do something great, but they feel like they need so much more training before they actually get there. What I see again and again is three major pillars that are contributing to the problem of imposter syndrome. Two of them, and you mentioned one is self-worth, the other one is self-confidence, and those are the pretty obvious ones. And people talk a lot about you need to boost your self-confidence, you need to boost your self-worth, this takes time, blah, 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 which is not true. We'll talk about that. And one of maybe the most important one, actually, that kind of is playing a major role, but in the background, which makes it even more kind of tricky, is subconscious blocks and sabotage. Mm, I, love, now, I love this topic. Cool. What do I mean by that? I can give you a very, very easy example that I'm sure a lot of people can relate with, especially coaches. Uh, we have a tendency to feel very responsible for our clients' results when we have imposter syndrome. So what happens if I coach someone for four or eight or 12 weeks, and at the end of the 12 weeks, they don't get what I promised? And that is a major driver of, oh, no, no, I don't even want to go there because what if I have to give them a refund? What if I have to work extra hours to compensate? What if they trash my reputation? And that is typically caused by a subconscious block that says, well, obviously you are responsible for other people. Very often that happens when as a kid or as a teenager, we had to take responsibility for our siblings or for our parents who unfortunately maybe had a tough time in their life. And we feel like we are responsible for everybody's happiness. Now, what that triggers is either procrastination or sabotage, which mm. is very unfortunate. We'll procrastinate in our business, or we are about to sign a deal, and then we don't sign the contract, or we wait too long, and the client loses interest. Mm. So, so, and I love the topic of conscious and subconscious like alignment, because so many people say they want something, but deep down, they don't believe. I know for me, it was, I'm not good enough. That was a script that was playing till I was probably... 30, everything I did, even when the business was getting successful, it was from a place of I'm not good enough. I have to prove myself. And I remember realizing that, hey, this is playing. And I was so terrified of letting it go, thinking that is my motivation going to disappear? And letting it go not only put me in a whole different place of inspiration and of flow, but I genuinely don't care anymore what anyone thinks. I have my truth and I live it every single day. So it sounds like that's sort of the pattern. So how would people... Mm, become aware of their subconscious mm, stories or patterns that are playing that are causing them to procrastinate or they know what they need to do. And I know if you're listening, you might know what I'm talking about. You know what you need to do. Like it's out there. Just go on the YouTube channel and check it out. But you're not doing it and you don't know why. Maybe you think you're lazy or whatever's going on. How can someone start shifting out of that and, and moving forward? Yeah, that's an amazing question. Um, the first, and, and I really ask anyone who's listening to take a few minutes and do a bit of introspection, because obviously if it's subconscious, it's hidden. So we kind of have to make a conscious effort to dig up the dirt. But a very big one is, is success associated with any kind of pain? 
because our brains are wired to avoid pain. It's just a survival mechanism. So for example, maybe you had super successful parents, but they got a divorce when they got super successful. So now we have this image in our mind that if we reach the same level of success, something bad is going to happen. But maybe we'll lose some friends. And actually, it's a very common struggle for entrepreneurs when all of our friends or most of our friends are employed. When we reach that level of freedom or I have income, sometimes they get a bit jealous because maybe they would want the same, but they aren't in a situation where they can do it. So we have all of these things playing in our mind where, okay, if I get successful, maybe my family will break up. Maybe I might lose some friends. Maybe everyone is going to think that I'm arrogant or sassy, Mm -hmm. which is not the case. And we really don't want to go there. Our brains are wired not to go there. I love that. Everything you're saying, which is why I love this conversation, is something that I've either been through, I felt, and I guess I just kind of figured out. Because I remember going out for dinners when I started doing really well, and I was just like, I felt, I didn't, I wasn't paying because I wanted to. I just felt bad, or people are going to think I'm, I'm, I'm like, I just paid for everything, and eventually I had resentment, and I never wanted to go out because now people just expect me to pay. But I had this shame or guilt that I was doing better than everyone I was leaving behind, um, and jealousy and envy and all that came. So when you're actually, let's back up just for a second, because someone listening is going to be like, oh, well, Enos just has this figured out, and she's just the queen of manifestation. Where did all of this start? Because I know we talked a little bit about our similarity with with depression and going through that sort of dark phase where um, was the most beautiful thing for me. It was the most beautiful thing. Um, my life changed after that 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 night of intense depression. Um, and you kind of share a similar story. So let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah, thank you for bringing this up because it is so important. So, and I can relate to what you said because I have one friend who's a manifest manifesting manifestation master. Sorry, she doesn't have a Facebook page, she doesn't have a website, and she just has clients. I don't know how mm-hmm. she does it, and I wasn't like that. And actually, uh, before I became the imposter syndrome terminator, uh, I was working in Switzerland's big banks uh, because I went to the best universities. Everything was great on the outside, except for depression coming for the fifth time, as if the four first times weren't enough. And I crashed. Uh, I couldn't even get out of bed, so I dropped most of my courses. But I had this one thing that said, well, I've been well between the depressions. So part of me knows how to be well. I just have to go to the bottom of like the root cause of the problem and get rid of it. So actually, the depression was one of the best Mm. things that ever happened to me because I knew that I never wanted to go back there anytime. And actually, I realized while I was working in finance that even though I had an amazing boss and an amazing office and a very cozy future waiting for me in Switzerland, I mean, you can make 10, 12K pretty easily with the education I had. I just feel trapped in that office. That was not my definition of freedom or having the life I wanted. And what if I had kids and I I would have to choose between my family life and my career? And the depression actually gave me this amazing kind of benchmark of I will never go back to anything that can make me feel bad. And being in an office was one of these things. So actually, when I pivoted to having a coaching business, even though the beginnings were hard, I mean, I didn't make any money for the first three or four months. And then I would do five, 600 bucks here and there for another bunch of months. 
but I just wasn't willing to go back to the office. I had to make it work. Yeah, yeah. You, we kind of talked earlier about um, burning the boats. And to exactly. me, I made a little bit of cash here and there. And until I said never again, kind of like you stated, I literally wrote it down. I will never, ever again, blah, 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 blah. And everything shifted. Like everything shifted after that because all of my energy, all of my focus went on one thing. And I will die to accomplish this one thing. And it's a very common trend from people who succeed. Everyone else has a plan B, plan C, half in, half out. And maybe that's, you know, my way of living life is not the only way, but I have yet to see someone who's half in, half out create or manifest the success that they say they want. If you really want it, you're all in. So you went all in. The depression kicked you into a, another gear and you said, enough is enough. I will never, ever go back there, even if I have to live in a cardboard box or on my mom's couch. I'm never going back. And obviously, it was a life-changing decision. So through that, did you have imposter syndrome when you... Mm, this, this is going to be a really great question, actually. Um, and I'm going to challenge you on this because even I have imposter syndrome at times. Sometimes, like, you know, I'll be having issues and I got to show up good on a mastermind call or with the team. And I'm just like, yo, let's do this and that. And then I shut the computer off and I'm like, I'm exhausted. I need to go take care of myself. And there's times where I'm just like, is it luck or is it not? And then I have to show like, hey, I've done 50 proven things that this is not luck anymore. Um, but it still comes up for me. And I have my own way of dealing with it and going through it. Does it come up for you? Yeah, I love that question. Thank you so much because I wouldn't, I would have forgot to mention it. So long story short, when I had the depression, I was still employed. Um, I sought help. So I went to an alternative therapist that used the power of the subconscious mind because for me, it just made sense. We have to go to the root cause of the issue. And three months later, I was depression free. And the I'm not good enough that actually caused the depression hmm. majorly went away too. So I was like, okay, I am ready now. Let's start a business. Started my business. And soon enough, I realized that imposter syndrome had made a comeback because um, I wanted to sell high ticket offers, which is the easiest way of creating income and freedom and focusing on your clients in the beginning when you mm -hmm. don't have that much momentum. But the first thought that came to my mind is, oh, my God, but who am I to sell a package that is several thousands and what if they don't get results and no one is going to buy from me, Yes, which is typical imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. most magnificent form. Or what if I call myself the imposter syndrome expert, but then there's another expert that is of more of an expert. And I got into my own mind. So actually, it was a process of saying no. I mean, there are a ton of experts out there who have their own method, and that is awesome. But I do me. No one can do me. And a lot of people won't resonate with it, which is fine. But some people will really need what I have to offer, which is also working with the subconscious mind and kicking you into gear. And that's exa exactly what happened. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and I know that, at least from my experience, it seems like every next level, like I'll get into a room. I try to get into rooms with people way more successful than me. And there's always a small voice in my head saying, I shouldn't be here but it's, I think it's stepping into it, having the confidence to just constantly step into that. And within a few minutes or 20 minutes, I realize this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, or even sometimes big guests, I'm just like, wait, are they going to find out that I'm just like, you know, I ain't making $180 million a year yet. Um, but by stepping into it constantly, I guess that's where the confidence piece comes in. Mm, it seems like you're always combating the next level or am I off on that? 
No, it's exactly that. And I think there are two things that could really help anyone listening that really helped for me. So um, the first was, well, three things. You only need to be two steps ahead of your clients. You don't need to be the ultimate expert. You just need to be able to give them information they don't already have. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have all the knowledge. It's useless. So knowing that I could bring some amount of value or knowledge or information to people who did not have that was more than enough to help them. So that was number one. Number two was if I did it once, I can do it again. And I became obsessed with that sentence. Mm. I refused to believe it was luck, which is typical imposter syndrome of downplaying your achievements and Mm -hmm. thinking you just got lucky. So I would repeat to myself, okay, I sold a package in the past. If I could do it once, I could do it again. If I could do it once, I could do it again. How much was your package? uh, First ever package I sold, you mean in the high ticket offer? Um, $3,600. Great. And, and I just want to bring that up because so many people think that that is impossible to sell the first package at anything over $1,000 or $500. I think a lot of that stems from maybe we haven't spent that kind of money, which is cool. But I'm just always like there are people out there with more than enough buying power to buy it if they can see the value. So your first package you ever sold in the high ticket space was 3600 Yeah, exactly. Cool. And I really like what you said right now. And is, this is actually a good piece of advice. Um we think that we'll get more people if we sell our services for 400. That is n- not true for two reasons. Number one, people like experts and experts are expensive or have expensive offers because that's why they are experts. So if you sell a package for three, four, 500 ba- bucks, you're kind of signaling the market that you're not that great. Mm-hmm. Even if that's not true, but that's what they will believe. Mm-hmm. And number two is that People who are ready to invest in a three, four, five, ten thousand dollar offer are so much easier to work with mm-hmm. because it's an energy transfer. They are ready to get those results mm-hmm. and they are ready to give you the money for it, and they will do anything they need to get there. So it's so much easier to work with them mm-hmm. and more rewarding as well. Totally, totally. So we had number one, number two was luck, and I think we had a third one you wanted to touch yes. on. Yes. Is And I think this is really helpful too. People tend, especially with imposter syndrome, if something doesn't work, they immediately take it as proof that they are not good enough or that they are frauds or that, oh, yeah, well, I knew it from the beginning. I don't deserve to be here. What I always tell myself when something doesn't work, it's that it's a failure of the strategy or the tactic, but not me. Mm. Switch the strategy and you'll get to where you want. My content in the beginning didn't convert. So instead of feeling like, oh, no no one wants to work with me, I suck. No, I just said, okay, how can I upgrade my content so it's more appealing? And when I did that, boom, I literally signed in. I sold for 12,000 in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I love about this is it keeps coming back to this idea of, I'm just, you're probably going to correct me. I keep thinking it's self-worth or just like I am good enough as I am. And everything else is not a reflection of my worth. It's just a reflection of the strategy, the market, the headline. And I see this all the time as someone will launch a sales page and they put a lot of time and effort into it and it's beautiful, but we don't know if it's going to work until the actual market reads it. And if no one buys it, it's not you who is an idiot or a failure or stupid or, or, you know, insignificant. It's just the message is off. Let's just change it and not take it personally and let that emotional baggage destroy us. Nine times out of 10, when I launch something, it doesn't work. 
Um, yeah. And I know I'm awesome and I know I'm great. It's just the thing was off a little bit. Let's just fix it and tweak it. So it sounds like you're constantly going back to the root cause. And if we can heal that part of ourselves, everything else will naturally flow out of that. Not saying everything will work. You're still going to fail and probably go through hardships and this and that. But your chances of making it through are exponentially higher. Absolutely. And actually, I am not good enough is the biggest issue that anyone faces. Yeah. And anyone who says they never felt that way is lying. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have it to some extent, and mm -hmm. sometimes it gets triggered in some situations. And there are so many reasons why the I'm so I'm not good enough could pop up. And what I see from my experience when I work with people at the subconscious level, and it's it's often triggered by as a kid, you did something, your parents got mad because they were having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a bad day. But as a kid, the only interpretation you can have is, oh, something must be wrong with me or I'm not good enough. Otherwise, my parents wouldn't be reacting that way because we see them as gods as when we are a kid. Yeah. Or when you're at university and you just got destroyed or in high school at an exam, mm -hmm. you, you feel, well, I'm not good enough. When in fact, the professor could have just been really wicked with his exam. Yeah. And that's when we create this blueprint, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. And then we attract the evidence that will further confirm it. And you said the beautiful word interpretation is as kids, we're just, we don't really know better. So we just put meaning to things as we, as it makes sense. So parents are mad once, twice, we on purpose will spill the orange juice just to see how our parents react and they get really upset and angry and put us in time out. And we're like, oh, well, obviously I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. And you said the interpretation thing. Um, or the meaning that you're attaching to the event, which exactly. is so beautiful. A lot of people get really upset when I say this, but I, I say it because it's my truth. But I grew up Catholic mm -hmm. and the idea of original sin, and I'm not mocking the religion. I think the religion and the teachings of any religion are great, but I think human beings um, morph things into their own boxes. But I grew up Catholic. My parents were Catholic. That's all they knew, that we come from Poland. And the idea of original sin um, is the first thing you learn. You are not good enough. You have to get cleansed of your original sin. And every time you sin, you've got to go to some dude and tell him how you sinned and ask for forgiveness. And maybe he'll give it to you. Maybe he won't. And I went to confession every single month. I had to confess. I did this. I did that. Even masturbation was a sin. So like that literally had a huge effect on me as a kid. And that was my big, when I became aware of that, I was like, wow, I have never been good enough from the day I was born. And, and. God had to purge me of my sins, and I constantly have to ask for forgiveness. And that model defined the way I lived life. So uh, not mocking the religion. I, I study many religions. I have walked away from Catholicism, but spirituality is my, is my religion. But I, I love religions. But that was a huge one for me of, like, I am not good enough. The Creator even tells me I'm not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's absolutely true, especially when you know, and this is newer science, that children between zero to seven because their brainwave patterns will pretty much absorb everything you tell them mm -hmm. and take it as an absolute truth. And then what happens is we are 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and we are still running on a program that was installed when we were between zero to seven, the I'm not good enough, or I must make everybody happy. Or mm -hmm. if I make money, then I am just a show-off, greedy person. And mm -hmm. all of those things are installed when we were really young. And if you actually aren't uh, aware of it, because awareness is everything, they can r run the show for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and you'll just manifest in your life whatever is consistent with your beliefs. 
So beautiful. So if anyone is listening and it's just like, man, I'd really like help, I'm going to have links for, for Ina's stuff below. Um, don't hesitate to check it out. I'm sure you have amazing content, amazing programs, and things to help you through it. Before we finish, you said you kind of have three steps, um, three pillars of your coaching program that you work people through. You want to just chat about some of the stuff that could really help out. I'm sure we already talked about some of it, but someone listening who's just connecting with this and being like, wow, like, is my self-worth or that script of am I not good enough? Maybe you're becoming aware of this just right now and maybe your business isn't growing because of it. You're doing everything right, but you're sabotaging. You're missing a sales call on purpose. I see this happen a lot as people will get sales calls booked. And of course, their subconscious minds makes them late. They decide to go grocery shopping before and they get stuck in traffic and they miss the call. And I'm just like, you are fucking yourself by doing this. And there's scripts and narratives playing, but they don't want to listen to that. Um, they just think it's, well, it, it's not my fault. It's like this and that and the internet connection. I'm just like, it's your fault. So someone who's maybe becoming aware of that or becoming okay. This is an ego buster, by the way, but ah, this is my fault. I am doing this whatever a few things they can grab from you and then maybe you can share some resources you have that they can dive deeper into. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I mean, I think one of the things that really helped me is I was always willing to put myself into question and I've become so aware of my blind spots, blind spots and emotions that even if I have a sore throat or a headache, I will think of what is going on. Why do I have a headache? Have I been pushing myself too hard? Do I need a rest? And now my body is speaking for me, which is not great. So I'm really aware. So if I'm not attracting clients, when I wasn't, I was like, okay, do I have a, some sort of block? So I'll, I'll very quickly go through the three pillars and give a few simple examples of mm -hmm. how it could be interfering. Mm -hmm. So number one, as we already mentioned, is the subconscious mind or sabotage. So the easiest way to see if you have a blind spot is, well, what is not going uh, the way? What is not going the way you want in your life? There's probably something there. So if you're procrastinating, if you're sabotaging, if you are about to get success and then something happens just by coincidence, there's probably some sort of fear or reluctance to getting success. And the easiest way to know why that is happening is asking yourself: Is there any sort of pain associated with success? Are people going to get jelly? Am I going to get judged or rejected? Or will something terrible happen to my family just like when my parents got a divorce? So that's number one. Number two, as you said, self-worth is such a huge one. And knowing that you're good enough and that your results do not show how much worth you have as a person, they kind of just reflect the strategy. Mm -hmm. So if it's not working, that's fine. You just need to switch the strategy. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person. Mm -hmm. And you can just see that there are very successful uh, individuals who are absolutely despicable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because they're successful doesn't mean they're nice human beings. Mm -hmm. And the other way around, just because you don't have success yet, doesn't mean that you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so self-worth how to identify if you might have a blind, blind spot there as well the obvious do you you feel bad about charging what your services are worth mm -hmm. that's the biggest one but also which are very important do you feel okay being yourself because with imposter syndrome we often feel like we need to kind of emulate or copy the experts but the mm -hmm. less you're yourself the more you'll feel like a fraud and the more you feel like a fraud the more you have imposter syndrome it's and it's a vicious circle and the last one is, do you have healthy boundaries? Do you feel that you absolutely need to save all of your clients 
work extra hours or that people you are responsible for people's happiness. That's usually also a self-worth thing. And the last important pillar is self-confidence, pretty obviously. Now that you've eliminated all of the subconscious BS, that you've built a good sense of self-worth, the self-confidence is just the last missing piece to just know that you're competent enough and that you can learn along the way. You can be amazing and be a work in progress, and that's completely fine. Yeah, so beautiful, so beautiful. People could just install that. I know we ripped through, I don't know, it probably takes you eight weeks or 12 weeks or, or a few weeks working with someone to really get through it all. We ripped through it in about 68 seconds. So if someone wants to learn a little bit more or dive deeper into your world, I know you got brilliant content, you produce some awesome stuff, where can they go to find you? I just want to mention this before we go, before I forget. So if someone wants to find you, where would they go? Thank you so much. So on Instagram, I have a lot of um, valuable and free content The uh, at, at Ines Pador. Um, and in my Facebook group, so I want to make something very clear. When I left my job in the Swiss banks, um, it was because I was so frustrated at seeing amazing um, employees who were holding themselves back because of imposter syndrome. So I made it my mission to give so much information that they could actually get rid of imposter syndrome by themselves. Mm. And that's exactly what I do in my Facebook group. So, so cool. we have free coaching every mm -hmm. Friday. People can ask all of their questions. It's worth thousands if they were on a coaching program with me. But I really want anyone to have that opportunity to go past imposter syndrome, step out of the prison, and get the level of success they want. So the, the Facebook group would, would be the best way to, to do that. And I also have a masterclass where I go a bit into deeper detail about how to conquer imposter syndrome uh, on my website. It's completely free. Beautiful. We'll get all the links and we'll post them below. Depending where you're watching, if you're on the actual blog itself, the links will be below. And if you're on iTunes, you'll have to search for them. But all the links will be below. Enos, where were you when I needed you five, six years ago? I made it <laughs> so much harder on myself. I mean, by fully committing... I, I had to figure it out and I finally realized, whoa, 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 when I got into the world of subconscious five, six years ago of like, hey, this, there's more to this than just meets the eye. Um, but I, I think the work you're doing is so valuable for people. And, and if you feel like you're stuck or if a pattern's coming up or if you're doing something but it's just not happening for you, people get upset when I say it's your fault. I say it bluntly to stir some emotion. I want you to get angry, but I'm like, everything is your fault. And I'll get people upset and I understand why. Um, but I truly believe that. I'm like, we, I, I truly believe we manifest everything, or at least I choose to take responsibility for everything. Even if my roof falls down, it's probably something I could have done. Like, why do I have to be here right now in this moment of time to have that happen to me? And what parts of myself, you know, brought me right here to, to do it where I could be anywhere else in the world. So if, if, if you're open to that, um, if you're listening and you're open to that philosophy, or if you want to investigate it further, then make sure you check out some of the links below for... Enos stuff. Enos, I ask every guest this, and it's okay if you take 30 minutes to think about this because we can cut this out. I don't mind silence. If you were, and I say this, I say this, well, knock on wood, but if you were to leave the earth today, if you were to leave one thing with you that you've learned as far as you are now that you could pass down to either uh, an 18-year-old Enos or a, or, you know, we'll call it your legacy, what would that, what would you love to pass down? Mm, and and teach your younger self or to anyone listening? That's an easy one because I thought about it so much. Uh, every single, and I firmly believe in this, 
every single human being, no exception, has the power within them, has everything they need within them to have the success and the life they want. And all they need to get there is get rid of the BS that other people gave them because no one was born not feeling good enough. Mm, so beautiful. We'll have to do a part two when it comes to infinite intelligence and, and the subconscious and, and what's available to us because I truly believe in that as well. Like all of the greats say, they, they got their big idea, the solution to a problem in their sleep or in the shower. I know we shower. get into different brain waves in the shower, which can kind of create that when space. I work out, I have a lot of ideas when I work out. Yeah, right. And sometimes we tap into things that there's no way we could have known. Like I believe all the knowledge and information is out there in the ether. And, yep. and it's, a, it's, it's available to us if we can learn how to tap into it. And I get all my ideas at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up and sometimes I'm just like, oh, there's the idea that just made me another 250 grand, like literally 3 a.m. And I think there's science to that. But that's, that's, that's my thing. So we should do a part two and start diving into quantum and into those energy fields, because I know you love that topic as well. So we'll book a part two, maybe in the next few months, and, and we'll have you back on if you'd like to. Absolutely. And as you said, as a concluding, concluding word, we are responsible for everything in our life. And some people say, well, um, oh my God, does it mean that I manifested my shitty life? Well, yeah, but it also means that you have the power to create yeah. the life you want. And that is the best freedom, like it doesn't depend on your circumstances, it depends on you creating it. And it's the biggest gift that anyone could have. Yeah, yeah, I so appreciate you. And I just want to congratulate you on your success. And I cannot wait to see the next level that you manifest. And we'll have you back in a few months. I appreciate you taking the time being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Enos. All right, so as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.